what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. My name is Jeff Nouvel. I'm your co-host, and I'm the director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Business and Industry at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how's it going today? It's going great. It's been an exciting last few weeks. We had a great Global Entrepreneurship Week of activities that you were a big part of that went very, very well. Our first shot at that, but it was a success. And at the same time, Wake Forest won a football game. This turns out to be annual events. Wake wins a football game once a year, and we do Global Entrepreneurship Week once a year. Well, we're, we're sitting in uh, beautiful western North Carolina right around Thanksgiving, and uh, a lot of the leaves are down, and Wake Forest is in the wind column. And, you know, it, uh, Gary and I are both ACC uh, grad, graduates from ACC schools, and when you get to this time of year, you're really thinking more that it's it's basketball season. Forget the football season. Or field hockey. Or field hockey. Okay. <laughs> field hockey's good, too. <laughs> so, all right. Today's show, we're going to uh, clear off a couple uh, articles from our desk. Uh, you know, you wanna, you wanna, it's around holidays. You want to get things organized and clean, so we're trying to clean up a bit. And uh, we're going to be joined by Jeremy Fortner, who's tax manager at Martin Starnes & Associates, because we're getting toward the end of the year, and uh, small businesses need to be thinking about taxes. So we want to get a few uh, tips from Jeremy on what people should be doing as they get closer to the end of the year. And then we'll uh, finish up with our, our feature, the small business of the month. So, so Gary, you're cleaning up your desk. You found a good article. What, uh, what, what article is it? It was National Women's Entrepreneurship day a few weeks ago so in honor of that I, is, is that a hallmark sort of thing it is i, I looked for some cards i'd actually gonna get you one okay. but uh, oh, i didn't you. see one that fit for the co-host but okay. we'll thanks. try that next year and there's an article by nicole fallon a, a business news daily on the seven female entrepreneurs sharing their biggest challenges and i thought it was interesting and of course it's like anything that we look at it they're focusing on Women, but quite honestly, it fits for most entrepreneurs and small business owners, I think. So these are, these are challenges that women face, but probably a lot of entrepreneurs are going to face. Exactly. I mean, the first one was uh, utilizing your connections or developing the network. We talk about it all the time in class and with our small business clients that we need to build that network. Uh, but sometimes you go places, but you don't necessarily take it to the next step. What do you think about networking? And the, I, 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 the, the, the older I get, the more important networking and relationships appear to be to, to doing business. And, and so it's, it's, it's very important for, for men and for women. I, I have a hard time speaking from the women. Yeah, I'm, I'm in touch with my feminine side, but uh, you know, just from my perspective, I would agree with that. Yeah. How about being decisive? I think that, that fits. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> think about that. You're not sure? No, I don't know. <laughs> How about uh, challenge and I talked to Jeremy a little bit about this because I'm sure he's helping his clients on an ongoing basis, getting access to funding. The fact that women may have a harder time uh, getting funding than women uh, than men, excuse me. I, I've never thought about that. I mean, I think that the, the funding issue is a challenge for for any small business. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, you know, and and uh, so uh, I'm not I'm not sure. 
uh, from from the female perspective, but I think that's definitely a challenge that a lot of people run into, and, and uh, uh, whether it's getting a bank loan or, or finding a, a strategic partner to to uh, that might invest in their company. I'll go back to your relationship and networking piece. That's important to that. A lot of these things kind of tie together. Yeah. Next is lack of role models uh, for women uh, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. uh, and getting into business. And I think we're seeing more and more of that. But I would say that's probably a true statement. I, I would think so, too. Here's one that does tie into uh, women specifically, I think. And that's the expectation has succeeded everything, having the, the business life as well as the family life. You know, I, I think that's definitely more of a challenge for for women, and it's it's not particularly fair, and it's unfortunate, and and uh, uh, trying to find that right balance there. Unfortunately, a lot of the duties uh, of the household often fall to them. And hey, we got to step it up as guys, right? You know, that's part of, that's partly on us. So that's that's the challenge that we face. I think that's true. Interesting. I sat on that panel discussion last week with Michael Simmons, who. Uh, co-founded the Extreme Entrepreneurship Tour with his wife, Sheena. Mm -hmm. And I said, actually asked him a question about how is it to work uh, with a successful woman and how does she handle it? And he said, you know, it's interesting as they get uh, their children growing up, people continue to ask him about the business that they're both running, and then they ask her about the kids. Does she punch him in the evening, or is it just they, they work through these issues, we hope? I, I think they work through it, and he's a very strong supporter of it. But it, it hit home uh, on an interesting uh, concept or something mm-hmm. that we realize is out there. But even there, where they both run the business, uh, she was the one getting the questions about the family. Uh, next one was time management. I think that works for everybody in business. Mm-hmm. And then finally, which I thought was interesting, the fear of success. I think that, again, can work. Yeah, 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 and 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 that's uh, that's something that uh, women entrepreneurs worry about. It's saying, yeah, that as they're successful, they get a little bit more cautious and more careful than maybe their male counterparts. Now, in many ways, that may be a positive because they're a little bit more careful and yeah. cautious in what they're doing. Well, you know, my motto is: uh, if you want to get stuff done, uh, get some strong women uh, involved with it. Uh, it's, that's been. Well, we know what, that. What, whatever, su- whatever success I've had, uh, that that's been the that's been the case. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, Gary, I'm I'm relieved because I think we got through that article probably without you know irritating too many of our female listeners. Yes. But I guess we'll find out. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. So that was my article, but I thought it was very timely. Well, and and uh, so Female Entrepreneurship uh, Day was earlier in November, and International Entrepreneurship Week, as Gary mentioned, was the week of November 17th, where there were a lot of entrepreneurship events going on in our area and I suspect uh, all over so uh, a lot of things happening out there I will congratulate you on being the the co-coordinator of the Edison Project in its fourth year we had standing room only at CVCC for the finals so congratulations on that event well thank you thank you very much well let's let's move on to uh, our topic for the day uh, our main topic for the day which is really getting into tax issues for your small business. And, and we're fortunate that uh, our guest today is Jeremy Fortner, who's tax manager at Martin Starnes & Associates CPAs, which is an accounting firm here in western North Carolina. Jeremy, how you doing? Just fine. Thank you, Jeff. We really appreciate you joining us today. It's my pleasure. Uh, so 
you know, when you're starting a business or a lot of small businesses, there's so many things that you're thinking about uh, to get up and running, you know, right place, right product, right service. Who are my customers? How do I get to my customers? And sometimes it sort of feels like tax issues are an afterthought until it's the end of the year. And now, uh-oh, now I've got to worry about taxes and, and everything. So we're, we're sitting here in late November, and, and the end of the year is not far down the, the corner because we're going to start to do all sorts of holiday things, and the year will soon be away from us. So you know, when you talk to some of your clients that are small business owners, what are, your, what are some of the things that you're talking to them about as they're getting toward year end that they should be thinking about or strategizing about to to prepare and and maybe limit their tax obligation but legally of course right yes uh it's a great great timing for um uh, us to have this discussion as we approach uh year end gary and i were were speaking um earlier about the same topic and a lot of times it seems that uh, our clientele are reactive sometimes versus versus proactive we try to stay on the front edge of that also Mm -hmm. Um, but it being the end of november Christmas will be upon us in just a few days. So uh, great timing for having this discussion, and maybe it'll prompt uh, some of our listeners to um, take a look at where they are in the year and they still have a, a month left. to I say at least they have some weeks left to maybe take some action if they need to. Yeah, Christmas present, right? There you go. <laughs> so I think um, in terms of what we're talking to clients about, uh, definitely from the tax planning perspective, trying to get an idea on – where they are and have they paid uh, the right amount of tax in? Are they going to be penalized? You know, what kind of year did they have up, down? And so one of the first things that we would uh, try to inform current clients is to meet the safe harbor uh, from a tax uh, estimated tax perspective so that they are not penalized regardless of whether they are going to owe uh, or not in 2014. Now, what does that mean with safe harbor that they paid in as much as they did last year? Correct. Tax? There's a couple different methodologies. One would be paying 100% of your prior year tax, which seems to be the easiest because every, right. everyone can look back and see what their prior year tax was. Mm-hmm. So what we would advise is to most likely pay the first three quarters based on that assumption. And then we'll, we'll do a lot of year-end planning uh, during this time of year as we approach uh, December 31st, and, you know, if they've had a down year, maybe we uh, do actually give them a Christmas present. So you don't need, to make, your fourth, don't need right. to make your fourth quarter estimated tax payment. Right. Uh, but even if they've met that safe harbor and they had a great uh, year, maybe they're going to owe some tax. As long as they've met the safe harbor, they're not going to be penalized if they make the payment by April the 15th. So uh, it's always a, a good one to keep in mind. Are there any things that a, a small business and not always not always a small business, but businesses can be doing to to reduce what their their tax obligations are. I mean, for for a lot of small businesses that I talk to, you know, they're always concerned about what their what their bottom line is, as they should be. But uh, ultimately, they're taxed on that bottom line in terms of what profits they're going to generate from their business. Are there certain expenditures that uh, businesses might be considering at this time of year that, you know, if they've got some extra cash lying around that might reduce their impact, their their tax liability for 2014? Yes, and I think it's definitely a two-edged sword. We see that a lot. We're mm-hmm. talking to clients, and they've had a, a banner year, 
Mm-hmm. And they want to go buy that new car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the next conversation is, oh my, the taxes that I'm that I'm potentially liable for, or the flip side of that would be in having a down year and you're secure from the tax standpoint, but you don't have the cash reserves to do what you want. So um, that's that's a, a big part of what what our conversations are about. I think you mentioned purchasing a, a vehicle, uh, any kind of tangible uh, property that's purchased typically gets written off using uh, an accelerated write-off method. Now, what we have going on currently is in the past several years, the economy has been down and the congressional leaders have allowed large amounts of write-offs, assuming that you have profits, uh, up to even $500,000 for the last several years. They changed those rules starting in 2014, and those reverted back to previous original amounts, which is $25,000 in terms of Section 179 expensing. Okay, that's a that, big difference. That, that's a huge deal right now. And the Senate Finance Committee met early in 2014 to uh, extend some of those provisions, but it's kind of jostled along, and nothing has really happened of substance. This is a shocker to me. You yes. mean the government didn't actually <laughs> pass that regulation? They, they seem to be so on the ball. Right. Yeah, and we're, now we're in this lame duck session. I was going to say, in the lame duck session, are we going to get that? Right. Well, that's, that's a big if uh, right now. And so anyone looking to invest cash reserves in property in order to reduce their tax burden for 2014 needs to keep an eye on what Congress is doing. They, they did reconvene on November the 12th, I believe. And this is uh, in current news, it seems like every day. But as of yet, you know, we're still waiting. Is, is it possible that they could pass legislation in January or February and make it retroactive uh, for 2014? It is. And it, it, they've done that in the past. The problem with that is if you're going to make a purchase, you can't go make a purchase yeah. in January. Gets so. back to your original right. comment a few minutes ago. We'll be reactionary as opposed to being proactive. And sometimes our hands are forced. So, so for the for purchase of, of significant assets, there's some limitations to what sort of benefit that you're going to get. If if I'm a small business, um, uh, and you know whether it be supplies or inventory or, or that sort of stuff, and I, if if I've got some some extra cash and might want to spend a little bit in December for things I'm going to need in January, February. Uh, do I get the full expense out of that? Is that a, is that a strategy that they should be thinking sure, about? Definitely for the cash basis taxpayer, if they can accelerate deductions and defer income, then that's a, a tax planning idea uh, to, to incentivize reducing your 2014 tax bill. And that, that goes past the small business, even to the flow-through entities, the Schedule A itemized deduction items that they can double up on maybe a property tax or something that's due right around um, the end of the year to accelerate those deductions in 2014 mm-hmm. and maybe try to hold off on the income side, if possible, by mm-hmm. planning with customers or whoever that might be uh, until two. That's one of the benefits of being a small business owner. It doesn't necessarily have accrual accounting that they have Correct. to abide by. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, some of our people might say cash accrual. What language are you accounting people <laughs> speaking? You know, so uh, you know, be careful. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to your tax accountant. Talk to your tax accountant. 
Now, I assume as you're working with small businesses, one of the things, Jeremy, that you guys do at Martin Starnes is is help small businesses through the end of your tax piece of it. And you probably, you know, there there are things out there like TurboTax or different programs, but. You know that that doesn't always give you the full picture, and and from a strategy point of view, probably doesn't make you think of opportunities uh, that uh, you could be taking advantage to lower your your strategy, to lower your tax obligation. Uh, you know, I always have this stereotype of the small business owner coming in with his box of receipts and sort of throwing it over the wall and running out of your office saying, "Fix it or tell me what's going on." I mean, when you're when you're working with small businesses to to make that end of year tax part of it go as smoothly as possible, what do you tell them? What sort of preparation should they be doing to make your life a little bit easier and ultimately ultimately make their lives a little bit easier as they're as they're preparing for the the end of your tax uh, uh, process. Well, a lot of our small business clients uh, are utilizing a QuickBooks software, which I'm sure uh, most of our listeners are familiar with if they're mm-hmm. in the small business arena. It's a relatively inexpensive software that does a good job of of tracking uh, computer records. Mm-hmm. In terms of getting the books prepared for year end, it's important to look backwards to 2013 and make sure that any adjusting entries. Um, that they have gotten from uh, their accountant have been posted and that those records agree back to their 2013 filings. Mm -hmm. And then that way, as we're looking at 2014, we're not kind of circling back and and having to double up on the work that's been done. And in addition to that, they can go in and actually, uh, usually in QuickBooks allows you to set a closing date because QuickBooks is very user-friendly in that you can enter whatever date you would like for a transaction. And if you erroneously key 2009 instead of 2014, it's going to fall into 2009. So if you set a a closing date. Usually it gives you like a little warning before before you do anything like that. It would pop up and tell you. Are you sure you want to do this? (laughs) (laughs) So you can actually semi, you know, close your books and it will make sure that you're not posting something into an erroneous period. And then... A couple other uh, items to to keep in mind as we're approaching year end, there's a lot of discussion going on from the Affordable Care Act, um, and a lot of the articles and and research that we're doing at this point lends to more questions, I believe. Um, Like we were. (laughs) Well, you're here to give us the answers here. (laughs) That's correct. Um, But a lot of our practices for the last several years specifically as it relates to insurance and what we've been doing with small business owners, shareholders of S-corporations, which are, a lot of our small businesses are S-corps, and those shareholders are have typically been required in the last several years to add back their health insurance to their W-2s, regardless of whether that was an individual policy that they owned and paid separately or whether the, the policy was inside the company. And the Affordable Care Act has penalties coming down for uh, depending on if you're reimbursing uh, the proper way and and so a lot of a lot of what we're hearing is that you want to make sure you avoid this hundred dollar per day penalty and i think some of the rules are conflicting we have guidance from the irs in prior years and then we have some of this uh, affordable care act guidance and and they're kind of butting heads a little bit questions are being asked and we're kind of waiting on the sidelines just like we are on the legislation to see you know what are the rulings going to be? So at this point, uh, I would just caution anyone in terms of reimbursing 
for uh, health insurance premiums, whether that be to the shareholder or to employees, uh, to make sure that you uh, are checking with with your local advisor uh, before doing something that we've previously been doing in the last couple of years. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a huge impact for many businesses, or any business, quite honestly. But for small business owners that aren't really focused on that, they're looking at running their own business. I assume you guys are doing an awful lot of research or have maybe some folks in your organization that are just focused on that area. Yes, a lot of our continuing ed uh, in the last several months has been in this area uh, so that we can be uh, up to speed on on this. But we have to kind of wait on wait on the legislation to come down before we can make the appropriate Your action. life would be much easier if Congress would move forward, wouldn't it? <laughs> At least get things in place for the – by the fourth quarter of the year, yes. so we could do tax returns. I don't know. It's you know also make sure that uh, it's going to keep them in business because you know there's always someone's got to interpret all this new stuff. Or, you know, That's and, right. That's and, true. And um, Jeremy, are there other things coming down the pike? Uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here in North Carolina. There have been reductions in North Carolina taxes. Uh, you know, I mean, are there other things? coming down the pike or, or changes that have occurred uh, that uh, people need to be aware of as they're, as they're thinking about the end of year? Yeah, that's a great point uh, in terms of North Carolina. They enacted uh, sweeping legislation in 2014 to, uh, to change the rate structure for individuals, for corporations. Mostly, and, and everything's pretty much being reduced. They're, they're, that's correct. They're... they're I know um, from a sales tax perspective, there are certain things that w- it was not required that sales tax would collect and on certain things before that now they're trying to collect sales tax on to, to I guess, compensate yeah, for some of the offset. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, it's, it, there, there's some balancing going on Correct. out there. They've, they've expanded some of the sales tax uh, legislation. The individual rate will drop to a flat rate of 5.8% in 2014, which is a benefit because the highest rates were 7.75, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's an added benefit to the taxpayer. The corporate rate drops from 6.9 down to 6% in 2014, and hopefully it will continue to be reduced in future years. Uh, one of the main items to point out to our uh, audience today is in the Prior to years, 2012 and 13, North Carolina was allowing the small business owner uh, a deduction of up to $50,000 on the North Carolina return, which at 7%, that uh, equates to $3,500. And if you had a spouse that was involved in the small business, then you could possibly get a $100,000 deduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in 2014 has gone away. So you could have had a very minimal tax bill from North Carolina for 2012 and 13, and even though the rates have been lowered in 2014, you may see your North Carolina tax come back to the table once again. So, you know, bottom line, there's some changes that are going on out there, so you, you, know, you, you need to be up to speed on these things or you need to be talking to someone that is, uh, because often if you're spending all your time running your business, you're probably not paying as much attention to the, the changes in tax legislation as people that are professionals in the field, like Jeremy. You deal with a lot of small businesses and telling them what's the best way or assisting them pick the best way or best structure. You mentioned S-Corp. I hear a lot about LLCs. Uh, Do you guys help people determine which is the best way for them to go? Sure. We do try to uh, sit down and have uh, consultations to advise on entity structure, um, 
one of the one of the most important items would be to try to keep a ongoing dialogue going, especially if you're in a startup phase or prior to startup phase, so that you can make those elections and entity types on the front end. Uh, I think to continue our conversation about uh, being reactive or proactive versus reactive, many times the business is up and running six months, eight months down the road, and now they, as they approach year end, they're questioning, well, is this the entity I should be or should I have done something differently? And at that point, it's kind of hard sometimes to go back and, and do anything with the six, eight months that have already happened. We can make elections to start in 2000. 15. Um, so I think regardless of whether you're in startup phase or whether you're continuing an ongoing business, having that open communication and dialogue uh, with your tax advisor uh, and making sure that anyone on your legal team, even even small as it may be, maybe you're the legal advisor uh, if in a small business, but, you know, mm-hmm. keeping, keeping abreast of what's coming down the line in terms of your ideas and your planning even if it's a year out, can can benefit because once we pass, you know, that twelve thirty one deadline, it's hard to go back and change something right. for the prior year. Right. Well, I think that's the key takeaway is that the structure that you elect can have an impact on you from a variety of different yes ways. And the LLC that you mentioned is would be by far the regardless of which way you're going to go, whether it be an S corp, a partnership, paying a two hundred dollar. Uh, annual report fee basically and maybe paying an attorney to set it up for you now you have that legal protection um, to support uh, being sued or or something accident may happen that's one of the really good things the government did put in place the llc (laughs) now now now. there are a few (laughs) well well jeremy any any final thoughts any 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 mistakes that uh, you commonly see out there with small businesses that uh, they should be thinking about as they as they prepare for year end or what else what other comments uh are on are on top of mind for you yeah I think we've hit most of the, most of um the highlights I appreciate you having me uh, join your discussion today and um we look forward to the next uh, month. Uh, I bet you do. Fast, I'm fast sure approaching. It seems like after Thanksgiving, the uh, the December days roll quickly until Christmas. So, well, I know it's from, a fun time of year. From, from an accounting perspective, uh, you know, I, I used to assume that uh, you know don't rattle their cages from January until April fifteenth. But now, uh, you know, different entities end their fiscal years at different times, and with quarterly returns, it seems like it's more of a year-round sort of. Uh, firefight for for you guys so we appreciate uh, you taking some time to, to talk with us and you know and, and one thing that from a small business perspective i think is always important to emphasize and 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 that you were touching on is is really just having some good advisors you know and whether that's uh just going back to the networking and business relationships but uh you know having an accountant you can talk to having a lawyer you can talk to having a banker you can talk to, whether it's maybe buying them uh, lunch or something every quarter or something just to pick their brains or, or having a, a professional relationship with them that's uh, very beneficial to any small business or any large business for that for that matter. So Definitely. You don't want to 
take the attitude that I'm just going to go see my accountants at one time a year because you'll miss some opportunities. Well, I'll also say that we're fortunate Jeremy is here and his firm, Morton Starnes and Associates, is a pretty accomplished accounting firm. And if you want to learn more about Martin and Starnes, and not only do they do good work in professionally, they're very involved in, in, in our community. You can go to their website at www.martinstarns.com and, and find out a lot about them. So, Jeremy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. All right, Gary. So uh, each month we end with uh, our small business of the month. Uh, who, uh, what caught your eye this past month? Well, thanks, Jeff. My small business of the month is Ripken Quickball which is an exciting product and company with roots in North Carolina, and I'm proud to say CVCC. Recognizing a need for an inclusive grassroots baseball program, the brothers Chris and Keith Mackey developed and introduced Quickball in the late 1990s, and a sport was born. Quickball began as a college intramural sport at NC State. Quickball addresses the perception that baseball is too slow for today's young people by promoting fast-paced action, total player involvement, and constant teamwork. Do they get to tackle each other at this game? Well, you know, it is interesting that there's offense and defense. They get points for playing good defense, which we don't think about in baseball. All right. Uh, They were looking to expand quick ball into the public school programs 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and the Mackeys approached Hall of Fame baseball great Cal Ripken. Intrigued by the quick ball mission, the Ripkins tested and subsequently endorsed the program after summer campers consistently rated as one of the most fun activities in their camps. Now in its eighth year as the official grassroots sport of Cal Ripken Foundation, Quickball has become the number one recreational baseball program in the country with over 700 programs. They've been featured on CNN, in the New York Times, and the Baltimore Sun. Uh, Quickball was featured at Camden Yards in Baltimore as part of Let's Move program, a campaign against childhood obesity that was created by First Lady Michelle Obama. Throughout the growth of Quickball, the Mackeys, one quick note is that their mission has never changed. The goal has always been to give anyone, regardless of skill level, playing experience, or socioeconomic background, the chance to play and learn baseball in the grassroots setting that is inclusive, success-based, and most of all, fun. Very good. You know, you get someone like Cal Ripken on board, you must be doing something right. I was going to say, that's pretty cool. So, I visited a very interesting business this past month. It's... Uh, uh, here locally in Hickory, North Carolina, it's called the Defense Tactical Academy, and it is a virtual shooting range which utilizes state-of-the-art technology combining actual weapons modified to interact with video screen targets. It's the only one of its kind in North Carolina, and they've got these virtual virtual digital ranges, uh, one with three screens and one with five screens that goes like 300 300 degrees around, not 360, but 300 degrees around. So there's activity going on all around you with different scenarios from, you know, uh, uh, Army shootouts to uh, other things uh, that law enforcement might be into. Uh, It's got uh, 45 different types of target scenarios. They also have target ranges that uh, people can use to 
learn about guns and to, to practice shooting. And they provide training uh, to the public. They provide training to law enforcement agencies. They work with community college. They're even doing team building programs for various corporations and uh, had the chance to go over there. And, and uh, uh, Jeff uh, Eddins, one of the owners, uh, ran me through a few of the uh, scenarios, which you know, we're sort of cool, sort of intense, uh, and, and incredibly different. You know, I mean, it was great training. I've never held a, a handgun like they have over there. They've got Glocks and all sorts of things over there. Uh, I, I'm not a big gun person, although I own a few guns, but I'm really a gun safety person, and they are too. And uh, uh, they, as I said, they offer training courses, uh, gun safety courses, training courses for women, and it was just a pretty cool place. So if you want to check that out, you can go to www.tda for the tactical, uh, Defense Tactical Academy, uh, nc.com, and uh, check them out. That's very, very cool. So, Should I worry? Am uh, I doing everything okay? Are you doing everything okay? Well, it's, uh, the guns are, are they, you know, they're not, they've, they've been adjusted so that they're not going to shoot bullets. So you're, oh, okay. you're fine, Gary. So don't worry about it. God you know, bless. I'm going to keep you as a partner you know, for the foreseeable future. Thank you. So, if you have a suggestion out there for Small Business of the Month, please send it to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. And uh, if you do, you get one of our prize packs, which you know, has valuable prizes, you know, particularly at holiday time. Who wouldn't want an Entrepreneur Exchange prize pack? Oh, I tell you, people talk about them all the time when they get those packages. Oh, I know. I mean, you probably can knock off three of your Christmas gifts if you got one of our prize packs because you'd have so many goodies to give out to your friends. So. Great idea. One, uh, one other reminder, November 29th, which you might hear this after November 29th, but if you hear it before November 29th, is Small Business Saturday, where we encourage everyone to support their local independent uh, retailers and merchants. But if you hear it after November 29th, it's still okay to go out and support your local independent retailers and merchants. So if you do your holiday shopping, don't forget about them. And uh, we'll talk to you again uh, next month. Have a good one. Thanks, Jeff. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.